Welcome to the Rap Race to Buy podcast, where we discuss money, mindset, real estate investing, and ways to achieve financial independence. Whether you are a rookie or a veteran needing new ideas for investing or creating side hustles, you're in the right place. Here to challenge you to think out of the box, your hosts, Felipe Mejia and Diego Corzo. Diego, we have just some amazing people today on the podcast. We have Naaman and Diana of Rat Race to Five Micro Tribe Leaders talking about short-term rentals and wholesaling. The things that they do, what they say, <clears throat> it's really exciting because they both talk about how they got started, what they're doing now, and what their vision is for the future for the people they're leading, as well as their goals in real estate. Yeah, it's it's really cool to hear how they've been part of Rad Race, they grew with Rad Race, and now we're empowering them as leaders to continue to help other people. And I feel like the the opportunity that they have and everything that they share on this podcast is very exciting to see where they're going and and how we're all growing together. I love that. I love that. Yeah, it's super exciting because as they continue to grow, they're bringing other people with them. So many people in the real estate education space or business education space are all about growing themselves and how can you help me grow? <laughs> but it's cool to see Naaman and Diana taking the opposite approach where they're like, hey, join our micro tribe. It's 50 bucks a month. You're going to get four live calls, one a week. They're not recorded. They are live on Zoom. And <clears throat> I'm going to show you how to grow with me, not, you know, me growing and you look. It's like, let's grow together. So it's super exciting. Let's get Diana and Naaman in here. Let's get started. Guys, that was a terrible clap, but welcome to the Rat Race to Five podcast. <laughs> you said we're going to clap on three and then start it with three. Oh, okay. That makes sense. So that's like probably a Latino thing. Uno, dos, tres, tres. Okay. That's so funny. Anyways, this is going to be, a, that's already a great jump to the podcast. What's up guys? Diego, Naaman, Diana. We have an amazing panel today. Uh, we're going to be talking wholesaling, short-term rentals, the micro tribes and rat race to five. But before we get into all that, I need to throw Diego under the bus real quick because I love my man. Diego, what happened to Austin, bro? Yesterday, two days ago, you were in Austin. And this morning, I see a, a video on your Instagram that you're in Puerto Rico, dog. What What's going on? Get yeah, it together. dude. I took literally a last minute, last minute flight um, because it was icy in Austin. Everything closed. Restaurants, like everything closed because it was icy. And uh, so I was like, look, ain't nobody got time for that. So I decided to find a flight to Puerto Rico. And uh, you, you know me. So when there's a will, there's a way. Uh, yeah. I had two flights, one flight canceled, one got moved. I had to rebook in another airline, but I was like, I'm going to make it happen no matter what. And now I'm here. Went salsa dancing last night. It was awesome. Not 20 degree weather, but more like 74. And uh, yeah, I am. But that's like the cool part Monday. about being like financially independent, right? It's like you can do those things. that are Now with a family, it's a little bit tougher. Me and my wife do have to schedule it. But we can do the same thing. So like, for example, I was texting you before the podcast and we're going to jump in, but I was texting you before the podcast, Diego, and I was like, yo, dude, can we, let's have a meeting because I need to go over these dates of our events that we have because we're trying to go to Daytona for a couple of weeks. Like this weather ain't for me. It's cold outside. It's not going to work out. But they, Diego, we're not here to talk about me and you. Let's get into it. We have Naaman and Diana today, which we're super excited to have on the podcast because Naaman is a wholesaler, a shark. He's out there hunting. He's, 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 he's in the grind. He's doing his thing. And we're going to get into him a little bit. And then we have Diana, right? Who's short-term rental. I would call her an expert by now. She's got a couple, uh, she's got some cabins. She's got 
um, a couple other Airbnbs and she's crushing it, right? She even leads a micro tribe where she's showing other people how to do it. Diana will talk a little bit more about um, her status with Airbnb and what she does, how we got started. So let's let's get uh, let's get the ladies first. Diana, before we get into your real estate career, though, let's talk about high school and college, right? Let's throw back. What were you doing in high school and college? Were you thinking real estate back then or, or what was your vision back then? What was your goals? Um, absolutely not. I mean, I love the city that I grew up. I think that um, in the Latino community, you're very proudful of where you're from. So I was like, I'm never leaving, you know, this little town. I'm never I'm going to get a job. I'm, and that's it. College wasn't even um, in the in the plans. Um, but I played basketball um, in high school. I was a cheerleader as well. And then I went into um, social work for for college. So you were so you went for social work in college. Um, who, who did you hang out with, though? Like as a Latina in but you were in California, so it's a little different, right? Because I'm 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 obviously Mexican, but I'm in the South. So like I really felt out of place a lot. And I think a lot of times we don't talk about it. Like I felt very like, OK, so like the Hispanic community looked at me as like American, if that makes sense, because I was born here, even though I spoke the language. But like people here, Americans saw me as Hispanic. So like I never really had a tight knit uh, friends group because I didn't really fit in on both sides. It was like this weird place in the middle. Did you ever feel like that, Diana? I mean, absolutely. But that's I mean, that's a completely different topic, because you can also say that, like, even in the Mexican community, you don't feel like you can fit in because you don't speak Spanish um, perfectly here in L.A. A lot of us speak Spanglish, which is a completely different other language. Right. Yeah. So I guess a little bit about who I was is that I've always been someone to connect with other people um, on a deeper level um, with with a lot of people. I just love meeting people. I love hearing stories um, and giving experiences. Uh, I will say that's like the the people know me as like, you want to celebrate your birthday? Diana knows the perfect restaurant or the perfect place where you can go vacation because she's all about experience. I mean, it was similar to to what you did with 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 us in Rad Race when we hosted a meetup over there in Huntington Beach, I think it was, and we rented a yacht and you took care of like everything. You hosted us. We even party with your family for Halloween. Like that was awesome. My, Diego, my, we don't talk about those things. We don't talk about <laughs> what happened after Diego. We need, that's that's after Diego. Mind you, I had never been on a yacht before. I just knew that it can happen. And that uh -huh. it would be an awesome experience for people to do. And so that that's how we, that that event happened. And it was it was pretty cool, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you definitely fun. created a great experience for us and for like the 30 Rat Race 2FI members that some people flew, some people drove like it was awesome. So thank you for that. No, it was it was it was a lot of fun. So let's jump over to Naaman real quick. Naaman, I'm sure you didn't wake up one day at 12 years old and say, you know what? I'm going to be a wholesaler and I'm going to make thousands of dollars wholesaling monthly. Uh, right at a 12. So give us what was your high school and college like? And anyone who's watching this name, it just looks like a jock. So I'm assuming I know where this is going. I'm going to judge the book by the cover. <laughs> yeah. So I grew up playing varsity sports. Um, I was one of the cool kids in high school. I went to a smaller school uh, in Cleveland, Ohio. But yeah, from the hood, a lot like you, Felipe, where I was like the only light skinned dude and grew up with all black people. There's like uh. one one white person in our neighborhood. Um, so like I wasn't black enough for the black guys and white enough for the white people. So I know exactly what it is that, uh, that you're talking about. 
Um, but I was the opposite of Diana. I was not trying to stay in Cleveland. Uh, not that I, you know, I'm still a Browns fan. I still root for my hometown teams, but I knew I wanted to get out of there. Right. Um, so I joined the army my junior year in high school. I knew I was ready to go. I knew I didn't want a regular job. Um, just working at a factory or whatever in Cleveland, some of my friends were doing, or even watching my parents' jobs that they had. I knew already that I wanted to make bold moves in my life. So I joined the Army at 17 years old, and my my dad told me, he goes, man, that was a bold move. And I told myself when I was, you know, 17, 18 years old, I want my life to be a series of bold moves. Um, so that's that's kind of what I was doing in high school and early in my in my uh 19, 20 years old. I love that. And did, did you, you, so you went straight into the military. Um, did, what, what was military life like? Um, when, when I'm, I think, I'm sure you went overseas training, all that. Give us a little background. Cause there's not a lot of military guys in real estate. Um, we do have a couple of close friends like military to millionaire. Um, but what was military life like just real quick? Yeah. I, whenever I first joined the army, uh, <clears throat> we immediately went into training, uh, in Fort Oklahoma did my basic training and, and job training there. And that's actually where I live currently. And uh, I went to my first duty station, Fort Carson, Colorado. Eight months later, I was in Afghanistan fighting in a war. Uh, very young, you know, malleable young man, just at war already, uh, eight months after he joined the army. Um, but I've been stationed so many beautiful places like Colorado. I lived in Texas for four years. Uh, I've been stationed in Germany, Korea, uh, now back in Oklahoma, I deployed to Iraq and Afghanistan. So I've seen a lot of the world, whether it's the parts I didn't want to see or did. Uh, so I, I love that I'm, you know, I've been able to get be cultured and well traveled because of the yeah. army. Yeah, yeah, no, that 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 says a lot. Um, and thank you for your service. Obviously, we can't, you know, take a step further without saying thank you for what you did. And you know, like you said, taking that bold mood young uh, and keeping us keeping us safe here back home. So I appreciate that for sure. Yeah, it's an honor and a privilege to serve. Uh, my next bold move will be getting out of the army and pursuing real estate and entrepreneurship full time. So I'm excited for the next bold move in my life. Amen. I love, that. I love that. Taking bold moves. I do have another question for both of you guys, and we'll let Diana answer it first. Um, were you guys? Did you guys have an entrepreneurial spirit in high school and college? And uh, I'll, I'll answer that myself, and then I'll let you guys. So for me, like I was selling candy or chocolate bars or whatever during. Uh, high school uh, and then even in alternative school a lot of you guys that have heard my podcast on uh, on uh, bigger pockets know that uh, I was actually kicked out of high school for selling um, not legal substances so my entrepreneurial spirit went too far and then I was like okay time to take it back so I actually got in trouble in high school I think Diego only found this out like recently he said in yeah. the past couple of months um, so I was I was into alternative school like I, I was in I was in big trouble when I was younger um, did you guys have an entrepreneurial spirit like I don't want to say like me, but you know, I'll, I'll try to keep it short. Um, I started working pretty young. I was 15, but I was only allowed to work on Christmas vacation at the lo at the local Swami. And so we'd wait outside just like people do at Home Depot. Kids, we wait outside of the entrance of the Swami. And as people are vendors are coming in like five, six in the morning, they get the kids. And I got a job with um, a lady who sold um, nativity sets, right? Wait, 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 wait. So for people that are understanding, you would wait outside and vendors would come through and hire you to help them at their vending spot. Is that what you're saying? Correct. And so this one vendor was selling nativity sets. And at the end of the day, she gave me 40 bucks. So I asked my mom, like, I got 40 bucks. 
And she goes, yeah. And I'm like, well, why? She sold like $3,000 worth of nativity sets and baby Jesuses. And like, I was like, well, how, how, where did she buy them? How do I, how do I do that? And then that's where it all started for me. I, I never had like a business person in my life. I never had, it was really just, um, being out there meeting people that were already entrepreneurs and me working for them and saying like, dude, that was hard. I was there all day, woke up super early and I only got $40. <laughs> yeah. So baby Jesus and $40 for Diana. No. So the, the funny story that my mom says to everyone is that the next day, the vendor convinced me that instead of her paying me 40 bucks, I can bring my mom a big baby Jesus. And instead of the 40 bucks, I came home with a big baby Jesus. She still has it. I better have it. I'm going to take a picture of it and put it on Instagram. So you guys can all see how this entrepreneurial, like my mind, that little started. And it was that. Do the, if you know, you know, tag the, if you, uh, I will. That's hilarious. (laughs) Naaman, what about you? Yeah, I would, I would say I got a two-part answer to this. Uh, when I was in high school, we were just kind of poor growing up. So it wasn't like an investor mindset or entrepreneur or anything like that. I was just hustling to make some money. And I wasn't selling drugs or anything, but bro, I was babysitting. I was flipping bus tickets. I was shoveling snow, cutting grass, raking leaves. I mean, whatever you could do. I was reselling old shoes, like whatever you could do to make some money. That was just what we were doing, um, but not because I was like, let me start working for myself or business. I was just trying to make more money. Um, but my, my dad used to give me some cash um, every now and then, and I would buy clothes and then resell them. Like I would go buy stuff on sale at uh, like TJ Maxx and stuff. I'd wear it once or twice, and then I'd sell it to some of my friends um, for more than what you know I bought it for sale. So I was keeping myself looking good. But then I was also like selling those clothes, making more money, buying better clothes, doing the same like little hustle like that. So I was always hustling, but I didn't have like an entrepreneur mindset. And then when I joined the army, I had zero of that mindset. I was just doing the army for over a decade until the last, uh, until around the pandemic time when I got into real estate. That's, that's wild. So let's, um, let's move it on to real estate. So, all right. So that's your high school, a little bit of college or the military, you guys did some entrepreneurial stuff. Um, how did you guys find real estate then? Because, you know, from $40 and bringing home baby Jesus and Naaman's in the military doing his thing, how did that convey into real estate? I mean, there had to have been a bridge somewhere there. Something had to have happened. So for me, was it was always embedded in me to go to college. Always. It was never really open to business. It was never... I even tried real estate. Um, I walked into a real estate office one day and the guy was like, I'll pay for your school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love your vibe. I'll hire you. And when I came back to my parents, they're like, absolutely not. You need to go to college. Yeah, da, 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 da. So that's exactly what I did. Got my master's degree um, and uh, made them proud. You know, um, first in my family to have my master's degree, became a psychotherapist, got out of, got out of, um, graduated school and was $70,000 in debt, was not making like crazy money, could barely like get a house, like get approved for a house. And once I saw the mortgage payment and how much that took from my paycheck, which was a lot, I was like, there has to be something else. There just has to be. Um, And that's what made me jump into something else. 
like start looking yeah that that makes a lot of sense that's interesting yeah it's something that like once you realize right because a lot of people they just think that it's the norm like hey this is just the way it is um because that that happened to me of on on the fact that i realized that my housing was going to be my high one of my highest expenses right and i was like how can i completely eliminate it and that's what got me into looking into house hacking but it works the same way as if you were able to be like okay how can i have like how can i not pay this expense which is my my housing either have something else having to pay for it like passive income and stuff like that so so yeah i've totally been in, in your same shoes diana yeah and then i also signed, i also signed that seventy thousand dollar loan and it's not like they teach you anything about finances they just go can you sign right here and so when i graduated i was like dang i have a master's degree and i don't really know how credit works i don't really know how to budget i don't even know how to yeah yeah it's interesting because like and here's a question for both you guys and and name i'll let name in or or we can we can i want to um name and answer the question about real estate uh and then diana be thinking about like do you think that a lot of times we go to college to please our parents or society's norm pressed on us versus maybe taking a different route? Diana, be thinking about that because I want to hear everyone's answer to this one, actually. But Naaman, how did you find real estate, bro? What was I mean, were you overseas like, hey, I'm going to buy houses in the United States? Like what happened? Yeah. So my first property that I bought was actually with my VA loan. Because um, my first got promoted to staff sergeant, I was allowed to live off base. So I had to find somewhere to live. Uh, I was renting a room. This is before, like, this is like 2013, you know, I didn't know about no house hacking or anything like that. Right? Before was, it was cool. Yeah, I was just trying to find somewhere to live for the low. So I rented a room from a really good friend of mine still to this day that we, we flip houses together. And um, I was paying like 300 bucks a month for a room. And then I was like, hey, let's, I'm going to buy this, I'm use my VA loan to buy this duplex. And we can do this and still, you know, uh, rent off the other side. So I bought a duplex. I rented it out the other side. Uh, I bought a new build duplex in like 2013 and uh, my mortgage was like 1300 bucks. I rented one side out for a grand. I, then I rented the guest room out for 500 bucks and uh, I was living there. I was making money to live there basically. Uh, so that was my first property that I bought in 2013, but no investor mindset. I was just trying to live for, for cheap. And then I moved out of that, used my VA loan again, bought a house, still no investor mindset. And then I deployed and went to Germany after my deployment to uh, Iraq. And I was renting both of those places out. But still, I was just, those are just houses that I lived in that I picked up with my VA loan. I was not thinking like, let's scale, let's, you know, let's do this. There was no investor mindset still until the pandemic hit. And I finally mm -hmm. got to sit down and stop arming 24 seven, going so hard for the army. And we, we had all this time off. Uh, during the pandemic. So I started like educating myself on finance and watching, uh, you know, different YouTube videos and stuff like that. And I started getting all this education on real estate. And I was living in Germany and I was like, dude, I do not want to wait until I get back to start this. So I just reached out to a dude who, uh, whose podcast I had listened to. And I give this guy a lot of credit, Josiah Smelzer. Um, I reached out to him. I said, hey, do you offer any coaching? Mind you, I never even talked to anybody else about real estate. Just my friend who was watching these videos with me in my barracks room in Germany. And he said, no, but if you want, we can put something together. And he was charging $100 an hour at the time. I thought that was insane. I was like, this is crazy. hundred bucks. Now I'll gladly pay somebody, you know, $2,000 an hour for some time. 
But at the time, it was like $100. I was like, that's nuts, dude. But I still paid him anyway because I was like, I think I can learn a lot from this guy. I had watched probably 200-plus videos of, of, you know, learning how to flip houses and, and stuff like that. So I hired this coach, tapped into his network, and um, I bought my first property in Fort Worth, Texas when I was living in Germany. I did the birth strategy. Uh, it worked. And then I was like, okay, well, now I'm just going to do that five more times. And so mm -hmm. I did that. And from my barracks room in Germany, I just put systems and processes together 5,000 miles away, burned a bunch of houses. And that's how I got into real estate. And there's a lot to dissect from that. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. And we could probably definitely go into a bunch of details there of how it happened. But I think it would narrow down to mentors, hours of learning, and action or implementation. It sounds like that's kind of the steps you took. You took tons of YouTube. Yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tons of tons of learning, investing a little bit of money or a lot of money in yourself uh, and then implementing. And I think a lot of people stop there. They read a lot, watch a lot of YouTube videos, pay a guru hundreds of dollars to learn and then they never use it. And that's what blows my mind. Like people literally stop, you know, feet from 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 success because they just don't implement what they've learned. That's a self-confidence issue. Um, I think they have these doubts and beliefs. Like I told you, I grew up freaking job, playing basketball, very confident. So when you give me something like some, uh, some knowledge or some steps I can take, I'm just going to go run through the wall. Like give me an opportunity, dude, and I'm going to freaking go, go take advantage of it. Uh, so I mean, you can get in the right rooms, pay the people to learn what you need, have the confidence to take those actionable steps. There's absolutely nothing that can stop you. Everyone can do it if they just try. Yeah, I agree. A lot of people say like knowledge is power, but I love what, uh, who was the motivational speaker said, knowledge isn't power, applied knowledge is power. Because I can know everything and if I'm not applying it, it's irrelevant, right? Like, oh, it was, oh, I forgot his name, but it was someone in the stands who actually raised their hand to ask a question because he was talking about, oh, knowledge is power and knowing the right things is da da da. And the guy was like, I don't, I don't so much agree. And this is like in the middle of his speech. And the guy was like, okay, educate me, son. And he said, applied knowledge is power. You have to apply what you know. And you know, everyone was like, yeah, that's right. So he's like changed his speech. But anyways, that's, that's fantastic. Really quick. We're going to go around the room, answer the question about the college, and then we're going to move on. So I personally believe that we do have a lot of societal pressure to go to college and get that college degree because back in the eighties and early nineties, like that was the only way to be successful, right? Like that was the way to get a job. There was no other way to round it. Entrepreneurial was very, very scary at the time. People just didn't um, see it that way. So in my opinion, college isn't necessary. It helps for uh, getting to meet people, knowing, you know, learning different life skills. But I don't think you need a college degree to be exceptional or wealthy or, or successful, um, in my opinion. Diego and then Diana and then Naaman. Yeah, I think that for college, if you can sort of like go to college but get scholarships like starting starting with debt it can be detrimental depending especially if you're not even happy with your job or you go and you go to college as the next thing but you don't even know what you're going to study like i had a lot of friends who who did that and uh they were like undecided and i'm like bro you're you're just getting student loans and student loans and then you're changing a major from one to the other and it's because society does make us think that that is the next step whether you know what you want to study or not and i'm a big believer 
uh, now, back then in 2012, um, I didn't know as much as I know now, but now it would be more go to college if you're going to specialize in something. Like that's when it's worth it. If you're going to be an attorney, if you're going to study computer science or something in particular, not just writing, for example, um, or because those are some skills that you can learn on your own or, or even like online and just the more practice that you get, the better you get. So, um, so that's my belief now. Yeah. Diana, what do you think? I mean, yeah, there's a lot of pressure to go to school. Um, and when you're a girl on top of it, you're in school, go to a family party and your tia's going to go. So when are you having another kid? It's never about, Hey, how is school going? It's how are you going to have another kid? So then you're like, dang, they want me to get a master's degree and just pop babies like crazy. But what I, what I've got from that is that now like me and Diego, people that have been there need to really ask the question because Latinos are also about titles, right? Moms love to say, oh, Diego is going to college for whatever degree. So now us, we can change that by asking them, okay, cool. So what is he going to do with the, with that degree? What does that career pay so that we can challenge parents to ask their kids and maybe not pressure them so much into signing a $70,000 loan. Yeah. Yeah. Naaman, what yeah. do you think? But first of all, like, I, I that was really funny that. about popping babies. <laughs> you guys, <laughs> her cracks me up. So my, my mother-in-law is similar. I watch her and her sisters, uh, kind of do this competition thing and it cracks me up a lot. Uh, cause me, I'm just like, I don't care. I'm just going to do the best I can do at all times. So whatever that results in whatever. But when I see, you know, on the other side, cause my, my wife's Latino. And when I see it on the other side, how much they talk in competition, I'm like, and, and some people aren't even doing that well, but when they do one little thing, well, it gets exuded on people like, oh, he did this. And it's like, I don't know, it, it cracks me up to see it. And then when you guys start talking about it, I'm like, oh yeah, that's exactly right. Like, that's exactly what's going on. You understand our culture a little bit better now on the, on the, hey, yeah, because for, for my mom too, cause I went to college, but my brother did not. And, uh, and it was interesting when he graduated high school, everybody was saying, Hey, so how's Gonzalo doing? What is he doing? And it was like, no, he decided not to go to college. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, no, he, he moved to Jacksonville and is working in some real estate stuff. And back then my mom didn't even know what he was doing on, on the wholesale side. So yeah, I mean, it's super interesting. I think college has a place um, in education, but I think more what it teaches you is how to, what the army taught me, how to show up on time, follow rules, uh, meet deadlines, stuff like that, right? So I, I don't think that people that graduate college are really all that smart, in my opinion. Uh, I deal with hey, a lot hey, of hey, lieutenants. Hey. I, got, I got a college degree. Awesome. Stand by. <laughs> I deal with a lot of lieutenants that come into the army and think that because they went to this university that they're really smart and they come in and have zero experience. Um, so it's really funny. I think personal development and experience is so much more important uh, and relationships are so much more important than a degree um, because the mindset you get from personal development of there's nothing that can stop me. I could lose all of this and do it all over again because of who I am and what I've been through and learned. Um, a degree can't give you that, right? Uh, Bro, if I have a if I have a cell phone and Wi-Fi, bro, I, I I'm never, Lord willing, I'll never go hungry. If I, I just need a phone 
and some internet and and, I, and, a, and a, maybe a credit card or something. I, I'm gonna be fine. Like I can I can build this back up again uh, tomorrow. So yeah, I totally agree. Let's move back into real estate though. So like I know there's probably a lot of meat in between where you guys are at now and like where you started and everything. So let's 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 talk about where you guys are at now and what you're doing, um, and then we're and then we can kind of dig into that a little bit. So let's let Diana go first. Diana, where are you at now with your real estate? Like, what do you do? What is your passion? Um, yeah, tell, tell us a little bit about that. Um, my passion is really education. I think that that's one of the reasons that attracted me to doing the microtribe. Um, I became a therapist because I like um, helping people. I like educating on mental health. Um, and so being able to educate others in with Airbnb was, was something that, that I, that I'm truly enjoying right now. Um, as far as real estate, um, I do have two STRs right now and I co-host three Airbnbs and then you nice. have long-term rentals also. So you went from long-term rentals to short-term rentals. What was, what was the reason there? Why did, why did you not just stick with long-term rentals? I mean, what was the shift? Because I love the hospitality and uh, experiences. I've always been about experiences. Um, one of my guests got engaged in my cabin and I thought that was great. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, she sent me pictures and I just really, what I do have, a lot of people talk about passive income, passive income, but there's always a portion that you do have to do, right? Um, and what I do have to do um, around Airbnb, I just love it. I just love it. That makes sense. Yeah. What about you, Naaman? Where are you at now in real estate? What's your passion? Um, what are you doing? And then we're going to jump into your micro tribes. Yeah. So right now I'm operating a business, uh, March Time Capital, wholesale business, reverse wholesaling business uh, in a few different markets. I'm hosting the micro tribe, like you said, uh, full time army. Very passionate right now about personal development. I want to become one of those guys that just makes a ton of money and feels like they could lose it all and get it all right back uh there's this there's just a certain confidence that that i've seen at this event with some of these high earners uh that makes me want to chase after that uh so i know everybody talks about passive income um and sitting on a beach and stuff and i think that's a bunch of bull i want to work really hard right now and make a lot of earned income um, and, and wholesale and get big checks, flip houses, get even bigger checks, um, and then put that money into, into some other real estate. Nice. That's cool. But That's I do cool. want to be on the beach in my thong sipping a Corona wholesaling from Cancun. <laughs> periodically, <laughs> periodically. Yeah. Right? yeah. No, you it's not for us, man. Forever, if, you're a, man. If, if you're in business and you're a shark, dude, I can't remember what book I was reading where the guy was like, yeah, I retired for like two months. And then I just came back because I, I, it wasn't, you know, people that are cut out of this cloth aren't going to like, you know, just retire, if that makes sense. Like, we're probably always going to be in the grind. Yeah, I had a huge, I had a huge mindset shift. I'm sorry, Dana. I had a huge mindset shift um, whenever I had burned all these houses and I was getting cash flow from these rentals and stuff like that. And I was like, I'm going to have to do this a hundred more times to make the kind of money that I want to make. Like cash flow is easy to sell to people. So everyone, that's what everyone wants to talk about. Because it's not, it seems like it's not a lot of hard work once you get the property going, right? But there's so many steps in between there to get to that cash flow. For instance, one of the houses that I've heard, and you just have to look at your numbers and figure out um, what, how you want your money to work for you. 
we were cash flowing six six hundred dollars a month from this rental that I had that I had burned when I was in Germany. We sold this rental a couple of days ago. People thought I was crazy. Like, oh, you're giving up your cash flow and your debt pay down. We sold it and made over six figures on this property. Hundreds. Was this on that conversation we talked about? Was that part of that one? Yeah, I'm like, I'm gonna sell this, get this equity. Speak on that. Speak on that real quick about like like re like moving your equity into bigger and better deals. Cause I think even Brandon has talked about this. Brandon Turner has talked about this as well, where like, you don't want to have debt equity, just not working when you get to a certain evaluation, like you got to evaluate your portfolio. Anyways, I'll, I'll let you talk about it. Cause we, you like, it was really cool. I was, I wasn't, not that I wasn't having a good day, but I was like exhausted. Maybe is the word I was like laying in my bed and I was just, I was like really tired. And you were like, Felipe, let's go for a walk. Like let's, let's go get a protein shake or something. Remember that? T- tell that story. I think that's, I think that's valuable. Yeah, we were in Jacksonville. It was the second time that I came down and uh, I can share this story a hundred times. I love it. Um, It was the second time I came down. I had already got kind of what Gonzalo was teaching at the event. And I was like looking around the room and I'm like, where the hell is Felipe at? Um, And because you always bring like the energy and and good stuff. Right. And that's kind of like what we do, what I do, too. And I was like, where's Felipe at? He's not even here. So I went downstairs and you were in the bed sleeping. And I was like, dude, get up. It's like 1 p.m. Or something. Maybe it was a little earlier than that. Uh, and I was like, "Let's go for a walk. Let's let's talk," uh, because it's a lot about building relationships in this business. And I'm like, "How often do I see Felipe? Two, three times a year. Right. This is one of the chances I'm going to take. I want to walk with Diego on these same events. I'm going to take these these opportunities to grow these relationships because I want to be in business with you guys long term." So we went on a walk and we started talking about some of our our performing assets. And I was saying how, you know, I'm only cash flowing a couple hundred bucks on some of these houses, but they have tons of equity in them because I bought at a really good time. So it's not a popular take to sell your rentals and get your cash and then, you know, do business with that money instead of just cash flowing. Everyone tells you to hold on to everything and and let everything cash flow or just get a line of credit. Um, But maybe I don't want to own a house built in 1940 anymore. Uh, I don't want to deal with the replacement of the roof that's going to come in 10 years. So I get rid of these lower performing assets that are going to need fixes in five to 10 years, move them into better assets or use it as marketing in my business so that I can make millions of dollars in my business instead of $500 in cash flow. Yeah. And for those that are listening, what me and Naaman talked about on the, on the, on the walk, basically he took me to go get a protein shake. We walked back, we had a good 45 minutes. It really woke me up to kind of get the blood flowing. I have no idea what was going on, but it got the blood flowing and I was back to normal after approaching shaking a walk and good real estate conversation. And like you said, it's all about doing those things. It's like, yeah, someone was speaking, but you're like, I'm going to, I'm going to intentionally come to an event and learn something or, 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 or network with a person that I really want to get to know. Um, but basically we said the same thing. We were like, dude, we have a lot of equity in our properties and net worth is cool, but like cash flow and, uh, and businesses is better. So we're like, what if we took that equity out? and put it into a bigger, better deal, or, or like you said, more marketing for wholesaling um, or, or, or things of that nature. So <clears throat> I completely agree. That was a great conversation. And I actually did the same thing when I got back. Three months later, we had sold one of our lowest cash flow producing properties with the highest cash flow in it. And we flipped that into a short-term rental that's now doing like twice the cash flow as the other one. I did the exact same thing we, we talked about on that, um, on that little walk. So that's I think cool. it was perfect. That's cool. Hey, um, the other thing, guys, that I wanted to, to chat about too is, um, so the reason why we created the micro tribes, right, is because Felipe and I realized that within Rat Race, We've been we we've had the mastermind now for like going into year three, and we realize that there are leaders within the tribe that we need to empower, 
in order for them to continue growing and give them some kind of and give them an opportunity to also, to also inspire others just like we have inspired you in the beginning to join rat race we want other people to be like hey diana is great at strs and we can empower her to lead and create her own tribe within rat race and the same thing on the whole selling side but that's one of the reasons why we created the micro tribes and why we we've given you that opportunity because like we believe in you and uh, and it allows you guys as you're learning as you're taking action to also create an opportunity for other people to learn and it goes by what was said earlier right there are some people that may not have the confidence in the beginning to take action uh, but what creates confidence if you don't have it yet is surrounding yourself with other people that are taking action that creates more confidence in you because it creates an opportunity of like why not me and that's one of the reasons why, for example, so many people are taking action in the STR micro tribe and in the wholesaling micro tribe. Yeah, I agreed 100%. And it's interesting because um, someone outside looking in on our business decision, because it was a business decision to empower leaders within Rat Race to FI, where we have more than like 80 students, where we focus on them, we picked out very select individuals to lead some micro tribes. Why would we create our own competition? Because essentially that's what we're doing. We're empowering Naaman, Diana, uh, and a couple more that are becoming to build basically a mastermind around them of, of, of people that are like focused on short-term rentals or wholesaling. And we're like allowing them a platform to build out this community of their own within the branch of Rat Race. But we're essentially building kind of like, I don't want to say a competition, but we're, we're definitely like branching out and allowing other people to go around us. And I think that is the definition of a leader, right? Like <clears throat> Diego and I shouldn't be the only ones leading and creating and, and, and impacting. If my goal is to create a hundred millionaires, I can do that through name and creating millionaires. I can do that through Diana doing the same thing or having people reach financial independence through short-term rentals or through wholesaling or whatever the case may be. So in my opinion, we made a great business decision, a great internal decision to create leaders that have their own platform that can continue to scale and help other people. Um, so name and, or I'm sorry, Diana, tell us about your micro tribe and what you do, how it all started why you want to do it you're already making money in short-term rentals why why for 50 bucks a month can someone come to your micro tribe four calls you probably spend more than four hours a, a month talking to people and, and you're probably doing some one-on-ones and helping everyone why is that even worth your time like why why are you doing this so before i get into that i want to congratulate you guys on your third year on rat race i mean that that's pretty awesome I also want to say that um you've told me before that the reason why you started rat race is because you guys want to help people get into real estate. And by you guys adding me and Naaman, you've expanded that goal at a, at a, you know, bigger level, because now we are helping people out of rat race and it just becomes, you know, a bigger platform. I got into um, the micro tribe because I, I, I found out what I liked, right? I, I love Airbnbs. I love you know, I'm going to take it global. Wherever I like to vacation, that's where I'm going to buy an Airbnb. I was looking at Puerto Rico yesterday. And so, but what I really, really love, where I really get my energy from is getting that text. Oh my God, Diana, I just got a booking. It was $2,600 for five days. <laughs> that That's what I, that's what I get in my long-term rental for a year. 
Diana, do you know what do you know what goes through my mind when I get a booking like that? What? I'm like, great, a guest for five days. What are they gonna want? What are they gonna want fixed? Is there anything like it? That's why I have business partners because that is not where my mind goes at all. Diana, did you share that post that I sent you? That I said like, you know, guys like me, we collect rent on the first, but people like Diana, they collect rent every day. Every day. Sorry, Diana. Go ahead. Don't let don't let us run you over, girl. Tell us to shut up. Go you for can it. Also, you can also have a long term. You can also have a long term renter not even paying rent. Here in California, they they just extended the eviction thing to December. So, I mean, there there's problems everywhere in real estate. There's risk everywhere, right? Um, but for me, um, if you have the right systems in place, and this is what what Diego and you you have taught us, is that then everything else pretty runs runs smoothly. It, it's it's fine. Um, but again, um, I get my energy and my passion really from getting texts like that. And people telling me, um, you, you've done so much for my family. Thank you so much. Um, and that ties with what I do for a living. And so I think that's why um, it's it, it, the micro tribe was a great fit for me. And then really quick. So like, give us a 30,000 foot view of your micro tribe. How many days do you meet? Um, how many people do you have? People are buying short term rentals. What do you teach? Kind of give us like an insight if someone's like on the fence looking in. And I already said the price. It's 50 bucks. You get four live calls a month, which is I think is a lot with over an hour of content where it's live, it's not like a video recording. What um, what do you teach? What are you doing? So we meet every Thursday, 6 p.m. Pacific time. Um, we teach pretty much everything that has to do with Airbnb. It's really an ongoing conversation, how to acquire an Airbnb. Um, where do you go see the regulations to see if you can even Airbnb that house, um, how to get data, to input into our rat race str calculator so that you can see what your numbers are going to be if you purchase a particular home then we go into just running the entire business yeah it's I love it. a lot of value no i agree i wouldn't be able to do my airbnbs if it wasn't for some of the things that you have found out because i knew like thirty thousand of you airbnb but you really brought like no felipe look at this look at this website and and automate this and do this. So I, I'm able to do a lot better. And luckily I'm kind of hands off as much as possible. My, my business partners and I kind of practice. Yeah. What's up? Well, I bring it back to like what Naaman said about like, you just give me an opportunity. You, you tell me what books to read, what, where, and I mean, as long as you have those steps that, I mean, that's exactly what I did. I became, yeah, I, I became a shark and learned everything from A to Z about Airbnb. And now I love teaching it. Yep. I love that. Naaman, what about you, brother? Tell us about your micro tribe. What do you teach? I've been in one dog. It's like uh, it's like hot water heater in there, bro. It's just going. I'm like, well, there's a lot going on here. Like, this is awesome. Uh, yeah, we have a we have a, a ton of fun. Um, but first, I'm going to get my credit because uh, I was hosting these before you guys were calling them micro tribes. I asked yes, for permission. by the hey, can I host these things? Because I really want a wholesale space. Can we do this? And you're like, yes. And so I did it for like three months with just like the people in Rat Race. And then I think, did you guys, did you guys like see what we were doing? We're like, hey, let's freaking 10X that. What we yeah. what we saw, Naaman, was we, you, so, okay, one, we saw leadership in you. You you took action on something that we didn't ask you to. And I'll give you a story about it really quick, and then we're going to jump right to it. When I was in, and I'll never forget this, when I was in 10th grade on the soccer team, um, I went to the coach and asked, 
um, hey, can I lead the stretches this morning? And he pointed behind me and there was a young dude, uh, like a like a ninth grader, already leading the stretches. And he said something that really pissed me off, but I'll never forget it. He said, Felipe, this is why you're probably not going to be the, um, not MVP, what is it called? Um, captain. Captain. Yes. He said, Felipe, this is probably why you're not going to be captain this year at the end of the, of, of, or starting next year. And I said, why? He goes, because you came and asked me if you can lead. And that freshman started leading. And I, that hurt me. And I've never forgotten that. And he was straight up. He's a good coach. He was like, Felipe, you're probably not going to make captain this year, maybe next. But because of that, right, they said, you came and asked me if you can lead stretching. And while you were walking over here, he started stretching the team. And that hurt. I was like, dang, like, I didn't know. So like what you did was exactly that. You were stretching the team and I was asking for permission. And sometimes you have to get ahead of the crowd or ahead of the mindset. So Diego and I had a quick meeting. We're like, Diego, if we don't do something and like organize this, this can go good or it can go really, really bad. I was like, let's give name and all of our support, all of our resources. And then this one was scary. I'm not going to lie. Our brand, right? Because at the end of the day, you could say something dumb on there or you can lead people the wrong way. And we're like, we're not going to helicopter parent you, right? We're not going to be like, and we, we, so we had to make a decision that we're going to put the brand, our resources, everything behind you to, to, to believe in you and Diana to make this grow and put a lot of trust. We were like, look, if we don't get behind this, it's either going to go one or two ways. And, and we need to be there to support him without overshadowing or, or overwatching. So we decided to get behind you. You were already doing it. You were being successful at it. Um, I feel like you just needed not the stamp of approval. You needed the, the, what's the word? Like you needed just that backing to, to solidify that what you were doing was crushing it. And that was it, man. Like that. Yeah. I give you a hundred percent the credit. Your, your action is exactly what I said about the soccer team. You were the kid that, that started stretching the team and, and, and we were lacking and still asking for permission. So you kind of brought it to our attention. Like, Hey guys, this needs to happen because it's already happening. Thank you. Yeah, Naomi. Hey. <laughs> hey, no doubt, no doubt, Dinosaur. Yeah, thank you. Hey, I appreciate the opportunity and the support that you guys give me because you 100% let me just do my thing on this call. You guys only been on one of the calls. We've done like 10 of them. Like you guys definitely let me just operate in my space. And I really appreciate that. Well, we don't want to go in because then people are going to want to talk to us and they talk to us Monday and Wednesday and that's okay. But this is your platform. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go in. I mean, I can if you want me to more. But this is a place where you are gonna thrive and create your own leaders. And I need you to create ten leaders. And then those leaders need to create ten, not like a pyramid scheme, but like where we need to create a hundred millionaires. And 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 I need help. Yeah. No. So what? What? Uh. The reason that I wanted to do it and I love it. It goes back to somebody that I listen to a lot, Jim Rohn, and and something I learned in the army. And it says, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country and the country being the people. So the, what can I do for the people? Because when you help people, it's how you create greatness. And I want to be like I just told you earlier, I want to be freaking great, dude. I want to do some really big things. So in order to do that, you have to help a lot of people. You solve other people's problems. All of your problems will be solved. So that is part of my motivation, why I give everything I can into the micro tribe. I have a piece of myself every week for multiple hours, planning, reaching out um, to all these. I don't see you stopping at one hour. I don't see you stopping it at the one hour mark. You seem like just at me just... every week because I go two hours, sometimes longer. If I have RJ Bates on the call, we, we're having such a good time locking up deals like we, we did three and a half hours with, with RJ. I think tell once. us, tell us, like, tell us the doing? story. 
Naaman, tell us the story of the young man that did one of your calls or one of your follow-ups and locked up a deal live on your micro tribe. Yeah. So kind of how it's set up is twice monthly. We just go live and call leads from my CRM. And if you lock up a deal, we'll JV it with you 50, 50. And we bring on the top closers in the country to give you feedback on how your call went. So we call to my CRM, which is my face, some of my Facebook ads that we run. And one of our students or micro tribe members, whatever you want to call them, locked up a deal live. And it was, it was amazing because he hadn't really made that many phone calls yet, but he had listened week after week of all these other high level individuals coming in and giving feedback and implemented the things that he learned on when it was his turn to step up and call. And he I actually got a it. deal. It was amazing. So we're going to end up disbowing that with them. 50, 50 split. Like it's going to be amazing. Uh, but we're going to give just, him half of that deal. Yeah, man. Like he did the work. We got the lead. This is the way I look at my system and process, right? It's, it's sales and then it's operations, right? He got me all the way up to the contract. That's half of my operation. So he gets half the money. You only do the first part where you just get the lead. You don't get half the money. You get me up to halfway, get in the contract, you get half the money. That's how I'm running it with the micro truck. Return on impact, Naaman. You, exactly. you, you empowered him probably just to even go forward too, to just keep yep. going. And, and that's something else that we offer. We offer how to start your business, what softwares and systems to put in place, how to scale your business. I'm literally at an event right now, scaling the on how to scale even further, right? Because there's some guys that just do this at such a high level. So I'm trying to learn from the best in the business and compress time so I can bring all of this back to the micro tribe. I'm going to spend over 150000 this year on self-development, and I'm bringing that back to my micro tribe for $50 a month. If you don't want to invest that in yourself, you don't deserve to be here. Honestly, I feel like the price is almost embarrassing. Like $50 a month is it's when we and Diego created rat race to Fi, not the micro tribe, the, 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 the head um, mastermind, we were like, this needs to be so affordable that, that anyone can get this knowledge. Diego is in a very expensive mastermind go abundance. Um, I've also spent, I think last year was probably the first time that I didn't do a lot of personal development, more just events. Um, but we've, we've, everyone here has probably spent thousands of dollars in personal development, learning how to, and then we bring that back to more of an affordable situation for other people that want to get started. Because people sometimes don't have thousands of dollars to get started, but they can afford 50 bucks, right? And, and that's kind of a really good entry point. Um, and you're going to learn tons of knowledge. And what I tell people when I'm on the phone, when they're asking about the microtrust, I'm like, look, honestly, this is probably the most cost effective way to find out if this is for you or not. Don't go out and spend $5,000 in marketing uh, for wholesaling that you suck at. And then you five grand is gone. Go with Naaman's microtribe, spend 50 bucks, find out if this is for you. If not, leave. There were some people that I know that this is funny. I don't know that you guys know this, but there's some people that pay for all the microtribes and they go to a lot of them and then they, they cancel one or the other ones, or I don't think they've canceled any yet, but they'll go to all of them and then figure out which one they, which one they really enjoy. Short-term rental, microtribe, wholesaling, fill in the blank, right? Um, so it's, it's really cool. I'm going to bring it back to Diana though. <clears throat> Diana, in your micro tribe, what is your goal with your students? Like, what is it that you're trying to have all of them accomplish um, by coming to you? Like, what is like if you're like someone's been here for, you know, three or four months, maybe maybe a little bit longer. What are you trying to get them to what position are you trying to get them to? Um, to be able to learn Airbnb to the point where they could teach it, teach it themselves like they know it so well that they can also teach it themselves mm. because it's a lot it's it's a lot of work every market is different it's it's not the same all the time you know it's not 
yeah, it's just different. It something in Tennessee is different from a market in Arizona. It's a different market in um, STR in Boston in Austin. Like they're all different. It's never going to be the same. So if I can teach someone everything and that they can expand their Airbnb portfolio, um, that's really where I want to be. So what is next for the micro tribes? Where is both? Let's, we'll take it back to Naaman. Naaman, what is your vision for your micro tribe? Where do you want your people to be? How far do you want to take them? Like what is uh, what is the goal? And then I know right now you're doing something with the whole team, a very 30,000th of you. Um, tell us a little bit about that, kind of the mission that you have going on right now for everyone. Yeah, I answer both of those, but I want to answer the question you asked Diana too. Um, okay, yeah. Like what, what do I want for the people in the micro tribe? Yep. Um, 99% of the people that join have a job. So what I want them to be able to do is work full-time on their job and then help them because I also do this part-time. I'm active duty military. I go to work every day, right? And so I am a wholesaler part-time still. I want to show people how to work full-time on their job and part-time on their fortune so they can step away from their day-to-day -day job and move right and transition perfectly into this business. So that's exactly what we're doing. We're showing you how to do all this stuff part-time. And what you can do in part-time, I mean, if you can... <laughs> my first goal was to make as much part-time on wholesaling as I was making at my full-time job. I wasn't making a lot of money anyway, so it wasn't that hard to do uh, and, and, and make, you know, 50, 60 K in wholesaling. That wasn't that hard. There's only a couple deals. Uh, and I'm trying to teach the people in my group how to do these things uh, so that they can step away from the jobs that they either don't want to do or the jobs that aren't paying them enough money. And then secondly, as, and, and a whole group to what we're doing to enable that is we have what's called Operation Little Rock, where I've networked myself into finding all the best buyers in Little Rock, um, Arkansas. It's a good market to wholesale in. And I've offered this opportunity to anyone that joins the group. We will give you the exact zip codes, neighborhoods, price points, buying criteria, my buy box for this area. And all you have to go do is do half of that job that I talked about earlier. Get me to the contract point. Find the, find the seller, talk to them. We'll set the appointment, get the contract. I will take it from there. And we'll JV deals with you 50-50 in, in that specific market. And I need 500 houses. So what I did was I offered this to the group. I didn't say, hey, go, hey, anybody go find any kind of deal. I'll help you out with it. I said, go find this exact kind of house. And I need 500 of them. It's a simple business model. It's really easy to follow. It gives everyone an opportunity to make money part-time. You don't have to spend a lot of time doing that. I'm going to give you a quick hack. This is what I would do. I would get Naaman's criteria in Little Rock. I would go pull a list. Diego smiled because he's like, oh, God, what is he going to say? I would I would pull. This is what I would do. I would join Naaman's microtribe. So $50. Somebody, if you're listening, keep up with the math. And then what I would do is I would uh, pull a list with Adam or one of us. I would say, hey, can you help me pull a list based on this exact criteria that Naaman's going to tell me? So I'm going to pull that list. Let's say I pull 3000 times 11 cents is, I don't know, 2,800 or, or 280 bucks, $300. I don't know exactly what the number is. So that's another spend. And then I would hire a cold caller for a thousand bucks a month and say, Hey, call this list while I'm at work, call the list, call it a cold caller is going to be a thousand bucks a month. So you're going to call this list over and over again. And the people that say, yes, I want to sell, then I'm going to call them. So I'm not going to call everyone. I'm just going to call the people that say, yes, I'd mentioned in selling. I'm going to lock up a deal and I'm just send it to Naaman. And she's like, all right, Naaman. And I'm just going to do that on the back end. So Naaman's going to think that I'm the one working, but I'm not. I'm just going to send him the contracts and just be like, hey. And that's you. the power of a system in part-time. 
And what I told my group, anyone that joined my group, I said, if you go get a cold caller from REI call center, I will give you data to call. You don't even have to pay for the software. Just go get a cold caller. I want you to be successful because you invested in, in this group. I will give you the data to call, but you have no, to you at least you invest in yourself. <laughs> you can't do more. You're giving them the buyer. You're giving them the list. Go get a thousand dollar cold caller a month. I mean, it seems kind of simple. I'm gonna I'm gonna love when someone gets a property using uh, name and system, and then Airbnb's it. Because we Naaman and I have talked about that before. We have doesn't sell it to Naaman, but goes to Diana's microtribe and Airbnb's it. Yeah, it's gonna happen. I promise you. <laughs> Friendly awesome. competition. I love it. Right, and one of my favorite things also with with what you guys are doing is you guys are facilitating the conversation so a lot of it is just creates extra accountability for for some of the people that for example they may like they may have have like they may have heard podcasts they bought a course on str as an example or or on wholesaling but they don't have a community on that particular subject and that is what the microtribe does so also for for anybody that's thinking about like not just joining a microtribe by finding a community where they talk the same things that you're excited about investing and growing in 2022 um this is one of the best things where you know weekly you're gonna be having a community that you can share your wins your losses you can learn you can participate and take action to give you that motivation yeah i agree the biggest value is really networking also just networking within the microtribes is very valuable exactly you have no idea like the connections that one can make like somebody joins a micro tribe let's say is the str one and then all of the sudden they're like yeah i want to have a an str in jacksonville like we've we've had a couple of people that that have done that or they might join the wholesaling tribe and then they like wouldn't it be smart too it's like maybe somebody doesn't have the thousand dollars but you can partner up with somebody and now you have Hey, I'm gonna put in 500. You put 500. You get a cold call or whatever. Um, so you can create the partnerships that way too, and that can escalate you much farther to where to where you want to go. You hit the nail on the head with that, Diego. If you don't have a thousand dollars a month, if you're like, man, I just don't, then two people or even three people get together. You can find 300 bucks, you know, extra a little bit on top. Go Uber. Go deliver. Food. Do what you gotta do. Right. Earlier we were talking about side hustles. You know, don't go trade your time for baby Jesus, you know, go, go, go make the 40 bucks, but make the money. And, and then maybe two or three of you get one cold caller and say, any deal we get, we're going to give to Naaman and Naaman's going to give us half the money. All we got to do is find the deal. And then Naaman's going to give us half the money. We're going to use that. And then maybe we split that. Now we all get three, our own cold callers. And then we send them more and you create a business around it, right? Like get savvy or, or in Diana's situation with short-term rentals. If one person can't buy a short-term rental, but you're surrounding yourself with people with the exact same goal as you as getting or into getting uh, into short-term rentals, maybe two of you partner. I don't have one Airbnb by myself. All my, all, my, all my Airbnbs are with partners and it's strategic partners that I can leverage their strengths. They leverage my strengths <clears throat> and we have successful Airbnbs. So you go to Diana's Microtribe, you get to know other people while you're listening to Diana and you allow yourself to partner with other people based on common areas, interests, goals that you want to accomplish. And now you've met someone that you can potentially buy <clears throat> a short-term rental with. So it's it's about 
getting yourself around other people that want to do the same thing, like Diego said, but also leveraging their strengths and weaknesses in the microtribe. So much business is going on. Um, it's really, really exciting. So last question for me, and I'll let Diego let his last question, but my, my, my last question is, uh, Naaman, I'll let Naaman go first on this one. Naaman, what is your long-term vision for the micro tribe? What, what do you want to see it grow to? How many people do you want to help? Like give us a long-term vision of, um, of your micro tribe. Yeah. So the furthest I've thought about this this year, cause I'm really just trying to pour in as much as I can right now. Um, I want to grow this group to a thousand people this year, not freaking, you know, over however long I want to continue to build it and uh, get more high level individuals in there, train people and do more than just one city this way. Um, our goal is to turn the whole freaking micro tribe into junior acquisition managers and get everybody paid on a very simple system to where you can do this part time. You don't have to pour 50, 60 hours a week into creating a business you can still come make five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars a month by just working on what we are. So I, I love the, the kind of the model we have going here. I want to continue to bring on the best wholesalers uh, in the game. We brought on a ton of them already. Um, so I'm going to continue to, to network and, and bring on the best of the best. Um, but that price got to go up because there's too much value. Dude, for real. It's and then Diana, soon. what about you? <laughs> Um, I want to create a model where it's a little bit more simplified just because Airbnb is so complex. So just like step one through step 10, um, step one can easily be join Naaman's group and see how you can get an off market deal. Cause right now everything is going F, you know, over asking price so that if you take that one step in Naaman's group, then, you know, you can come to the STR micro tribe and, and move forward, but just simplify um that process because it is it is very very complex um and i want to just make sure that people understand that everybody has different goals you know you don't have to want five strs you can have one vacation home for you and your family and, and that's fine so i really just want to cater to um what people really want to do in their with their real estate goal i want to focus on that and i know that you have a, a big secret about short-term rentals and your I'll say your family structure based on where short-term rentals have taken you. Um, you don't yeah. have to say anything, but I, I love this. And you don't, like I said, you don't have to. When is this going live? Just kidding. <laughs> in two weeks. Two weeks. So. Oh, perfect. So in two weeks, when this goes live, um, SCR has, has just done a, a wonderful thing for my family. Uh, my husband is retiring from his 17-year corporate America job. Um, and he is, he doesn't know this yet, but he's going to help me people acquire SDRs because he's a realtor. He's never used his license because, you know, he was working in a place that didn't allow him to. So he's going to jump into real estate in his own way and find his, um, his passion in real estate. But he, now he, that. now he can do that. Right. He, how, he doesn't how, have How long to have work. you been doing short-term rentals? Since September of last year. Look at that. I just want to show you guys the power of taking action and moving quickly when you're passionate and in love with something. Yeah. I mean, I've been in rat race since October of 2021, I think. So it took a lot, a long time for me to really learn. Like I wholesaling sounds great. You know, that that's awesome. 
long-term sounds great. Like I had so many shiny objects in front of me, but I was so new to real estate that I didn't really know what I liked. And so when I was presented Airbnb, I just took off and, and I loved it. And my husband's retiring. Love it. Thanks for sharing that. Naaman, did you have something else you wanted to say? That, that's awesome, Diana. Congratulations. Um, Huge win. I want to tell the people that don't know what they want to do in real estate that wholesaling is where you should start because that's where the deal really starts. I'm telling you, you want to flip, you want an Airbnb, you want a long-term rental, you want a short-term rental, you want a wholesale. It starts with getting direct to seller first. Because if not, you're paying me a premium for my deal if you want to flip it. You're paying a premium for my deal if you want a rental. You're paying uh, more money. You're paying more money for these houses because you choose not to wholesale. I, I will flip a house this year. I will flip multiple houses this year. I will pick up short-term rentals this year. I will have long-term rentals. I will wholesale deals. And I will not pay any more than what the price is with the seller versus people that will pay a wholesaler to flip a house pay a wholesaler for a long-term rental, short-term rental, et cetera. If you want to get in the game, this is the ground level. It's the ugliest, it's hand-to-hand -hand combat, but you get the best deals if you're a wholesaler. I was driving back from Gatlinburg and then I'll let Diego take us out, but I was driving back from Gatlinburg yesterday from one of my short-term rentals. I was getting the hot tub, the pool table, just getting it ready. And um, he heard one of my sales calls in wholesaling. And uh, he's like, dude, I, could, I couldn't be a wholesaler. Like, he's like, I, he, he was like, I couldn't do that. And I we was couldn't like, be realtors. It's it's yeah. I was like, go be a realtor. I was like, it's hard. I was like, I'm not here to build a relationship. I'm not. And people are like wholesaling. You build relationships. They'll sell you more houses. I'm like, bro, one in the hand, two in the bush. I ain't worried about the next deal. If I'm just going to be honest, I'm worried about this deal personally. Now I know other wholesalers are more about their brand and like sell me more houses. I'm not, I'm here for my money. I'm here for my bag. I'm not here to build friendships. And he was like, dang dude. He's like, I thought I knew you. I was like, you ain't never heard me on a sales call, my, my boy. I'll, pay, I'll piggyback on what Naaman said. I got my first STR off market. And I think it, that because I have the skill set of what I do nine to five, I was able to really build the relationship with the owner and get me to just to sell it. But had I had Naaman's skill, I could have got it at a cheaper price probably, you know? But um, yeah, so I, I did get my STR off market. I didn't get it through the MLS. Got it, got it. All right, guys. So for anybody that wants to learn more about you, um, maybe follow, see what you're doing because your stories are awesome. So not only like are you do do people can people learn from you on the like on your micro tribe on Thursdays or or on Tuesdays, but you guys also share a lot on your stories with with your reels, your posts. Um, so where can people find out more about you? My Instagram handle is str for the win. Um, come check it out. See if Airbnb is something that you would like, something that you can see yourself doing. Come check it out. And Naaman, where can people find you, bro? Yeah, you guys can follow me at real estate underscore soldier. Uh, follow me, dude. You want to start networking? All the badass dudes follow me already. Uh, those are those are a lot of friends of mine now. So if you're looking to get in the game and I'm, maybe I'm not your person, I'm still, I can point you in the right direction and get you connected with some other top level guys in this business. I'm everybody's boy. Yeah. And for anybody that does want to join a micro tribe, um, they can go to redrace2fi.com and the link is going to be there to join a tribe. I love it. 
All right, guys, that's the show. Thank you so much, Diana and Naaman, for jumping on here with us. It was super fun, super exciting. Uh, we'll see you guys next time. The Rap Race to Buy podcast, where we discuss money, mindset, real estate investing, and ways to achieve financial independence. Whether you are a rookie or a veteran needing new ideas for investing or creating side hustles, you're in the right place.